Okay, so it's April 25th, 2020. This is Paul Gerstein, and I think what I'm going to call this series of talks is Pandemic Zen. What I mean by that is uh, utilizing the pandemic, which I think will be with us for at least a year, perhaps longer, and requiring us to make all sorts of adjustments and costing a lot of us uh, seriously in terms of health and economics. So just using that as a stand-in and uh, on its own a, uh, a true reason for learning how to deal with adversity through mindfulness. So in, during the first two talks, we brought up the concept of what does something mean in other words, the almost automatic and sometimes gratuitous thinking about something uh, and adding meanings, definitions, comparisons, uh, likes and dislikes, better and worse, all the uh, kind of opposites which are added on to a world that comes to us uh, in a sense quite innocently. Uh, the world comes to us through our senses. We talked about six senses, sight, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching or tactile sense, and thinking, which is a kind of a sense, the brain being the sense organ of thinking. And that the world comes to us through these sense organs, innocently. And then as human beings, because we have evolved this way and we've learned it uh, from the time we were very young, and we've uh, basically refined it and uh, perfected it, uh, we are able to take this uh, panoply of sense objects and fit them into all sorts of schema, uh, giving them all sorts of meanings. Uh, most of the time this action being helpful and protective and uh, enabling us to create all sorts of technologies, learn languages, communicate, etc., etc. But there's a downside to it. The downside is that we get trapped in these meanings and we often uh, use them uh, inappropriately to apply to uh, things that come innocently but giving them meanings that cause us problems and trouble and uh, create discrimination uh, can be a source of racism, uh, a source of ignorance, and a source of misery and, and uh, pain, a uh, feeling of unsatisfactoriness, replaying the same old meanings over and over in our minds, uh, like terrible tape loops. And the whole process happens so automatically and is so attractive to us that we begin to live in the meanings of the world and start to ignore or dimly realize the actual sensations of our everyday moment-to-moment -moment life. So we live in a human realm of meanings and struggle and comparison, uh, clinging, etc., now, I talked about another kind of meaning, uh, 
and I applied this to the sensory world. So we talked about stopping the sound of the distant temple bell. And I talked about using meaning in a different way to peer into what is underneath the sensory world or what is before the sensory world or what is the source of the sensory world. Uh, something that in Buddhism is called mind with a capital M, Buddha nature. Uh, the source with a capital S. Uh, another beautiful poetic way of putting it is the moon of truth, the moon which glows and shines from everything, not blindingly, but subtly and continuously, lights up the darkness. So this is a different kind of meaning, and uh, we mean it uh, in the following way. I gave the example of your hands on the steering wheel and feeling the sensation of that. And then asking yourself sincerely, what does this mean? What does this sensation indicate? What overarching fact is this indicating? And then we came up with an answer without puzzling too much. What it means is that it is. The fact that it is. So we have these two kinds of meanings. Now, why... Would we call the second one meaning as well? Why not call it something else? It's true significance. It's reality, whatever. You can call them these things. But there's a reason to use the word mean when we so often get trapped in meaning. And there's a, a statement in Zen Buddhism. It's a very uh, compact and ironic statement. And it goes like this. Uh, jumping on the back of the horse thief's horse. Jumping on the back of the horse thief's horse. While he's escaping with the horse, you jump on the back of his horse. He's trying to run away, but you're right there. So what does this mean? It means uh, we willingly, knowingly, alertly take those things that seem to torment us, upset us, trap us, and we use them rather than be used by them. So, whereas at first, before we really examined the fact that the sensory world comes innocently, we were trapped in its automatized meanings, we now take the whole concept of meaning and turn it on its head. So we don't shy away from the word meaning. We just start with the sensory world. We bring up that which seems so automatic to us, which is meaning. And we ask the question, what does this mean? In a fresh way that is almost an absurdity. What does this actual sensation mean? Now remember, the real world is a sensory world. There's also a world of ideas and concepts and philosophies Let's not call it the real world, it's a valid world, but it isn't actually there. It is something that we create in our minds. So if we want to talk about the world that's there, we're talking about the sensory world. Now we take this automaticity called meaning and we use it. We jump on the back of the horse, this horse. So we question deeply, what does this mean? As a way of peering underneath, not going to the surface and then off into space, 
But starting with the sensation and going underneath to its very source, its fact, its reality, that which makes it real. Now, what makes it real is that it appears, that it appears to me. It appears to me, therefore it is intimate, therefore it is. Okay, so how do we actually utilize this jumping on the back of the horse thief's horse while the horse thief is escaping us? We start with uh, where we're at. So oftentimes when you're doing Zazen, for example, which is the seated uh, mindfulness meditation of Zen Buddhism, the intent, alert, all senses working, eyes half open, erect back, meditation, mindfulness, intensity, plunging into the present moment. When we start there, we often find thoughts just running and running. As a matter of fact, sometimes when we sit down to do our Zazen session, it almost seems like it's making our thinking worse. It's exacerbating it. Uh, and what's actually happening is with our paying attention, the very first thing we notice is this sensation of thinking. We notice the sensation of thinking. As a matter of fact, we can jump on the thief's horse in this way. We can take this thought that's stuck in our mind or this uh, series of thoughts, what we call discursive thinking. We can take it and we can actually run it, like really run it, like don't stop it. Run it with the intention of examining what it feels like to think. In other words, what is the actual sensation of thinking? See how wonderful this is? You start with the thief, your distracted mind, and you jump on the back of the thief's horse. You literally keep the thinking going. You use the thinking now, but you use it for a specific purpose, not to be used and pulled around the, by the nose by it, but to actually utilize it to enter the real world. So the real world of someone sitting down to do Zazen who's thinking is the sensation of thinking. So what we do here is we leave meaning aside and we simply look at the sensation of the words that are coursing through our head. What does it feel like to create this thought? What does it feel like to observe this thinking process? Not what does the thinking mean, because that's just going to get us trapped in meaning after meaning after meaning. And we tumble down into a black hole of thinking. But what does it feel like? What is the actual sensation? Now, you already know what the actual sensation is. We're very good at recognizing that we're thinking, and particularly when we're sitting down and intending not to think. So this is uh, a way of... Uh, letting go of the meaning while we keep the sensation going. Now, just to stop at this point, I'll mention something that my Zen teacher of many years, Richard Clark, used to say quite a bit. He would say, this has no meaning, and I don't have to understand it. So this is a way of 
unsticking for meaning that seems to be clinging to us. It could be the meaning of a thought. It could be the meaning of a situation, the meaning of something that triggers some PTSD-like reaction. And we very consciously notice and affirm, assert, this has no meaning and I don't have to understand it. And all of a sudden, things become very simple. What is the simplicity here? The simplicity is the actual sensations. Now, your sensory organs immediately recognize these sensations as sensations. They feel a certain way. You don't need to figure that out. You simply need to look at it. Looking at sensation resolves sensation. You know the sensation. You hear the sound of the temple bell. You feel the hotness of a fire. You taste the unique flavor of water. Remember, I brought up that saying uh, in the commentary on the koan mu, the first koan of the Mumon Khan. It's like a person drinking water, only they know for themselves whether it is hot or cold. This is the simplicity of, this has no meaning, and I don't have to understand it. Okay, so what's the point here? Why are we doing all of this? Why are we, uh, and I'll put quotes around it, staring at our navels here? Well, the reason why is we're looking clearly at that which makes us unhappy, that scares us, that frightens us, that depresses us. In other words, we know that there's something called a pandemic happening. We know that it has curtailed our ability to get to go with the friends and people we love. And that uh, there's some invisible danger outside. This is true. And people we know, or perhaps ourselves, have become ill from this. And some people have gotten very ill and have even died. So this is a real thing. But it's the thinking mind and our being steeped in all sorts of descriptions, uh, watching the news and reading about this pandemic and all the effects of it and all the ways in which the management of it by Washington has been inept uh, and just kind of marinating in these very negative thoughts so that uh, we don't simply have a pandemic to deal with, but we have a pandemic and our reaction to it to deal with, our obsessing over it. So this is not just an empty exercise examining meaning and coming back to something that's real, which is your actual sensory life. So the pandemic does have a sensory life to it, it's exactly what you're feeling right now. Yes, there's a pandemic going on, and right now your body, mind, and your circumstances appear in a sensory fashion. That's your pandemic senses. Now, they really are not all that different, unless you're sick right now, from your ordinary senses before the pandemic. But we connect to that. We look at it. We see it. We become very aware of it. And we ask ourselves, by jumping on the back of the thief's horse, what does this sensation mean? What is its true meaning?
we look directly at it. Now when we can hold a sensation in our awareness and notice that it appears, that action is called mindfulness. That's what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is alertly noticing the appearance of the actual real world. So now that we've defined these terms and uh, particularly looked uh, more deeply into this concept of jumping on the back of the horse thief's horse, uh, the next time we talk, we'll pick it up from here and we'll uh, try to refine it even further. So I guess we'll end there today. on the storm Riders on the storm Into this house we're born